You're listening to Church of the Oaks podcast, where we exist to send disciple makers of Jesus by being disciple makers of Jesus. For more information about our church, such as service times, upcoming events, or how to join a group, please visit us at churchoftheoaks.com. showing me the love of Christ so that I can now show it to others. I'm here today to let you know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Just hadn't gotten dunked yet. I love it. She, before the sermon, she was like, I said dunked in my video and like Austin said that was okay. Is that okay? Like, yeah, like we're, that's, that's perfect, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to, to hear that. Like, I can't really explain it any better to you than that. You know, I think one of the powerful things about getting to hear these, these stories as people are, are, are letting you know, like see their faith like on display, but getting to hear their story in particular, it, it, there's, a, there's a reality to, to their faith that you don't always get to hear. You don't always get to see somebody um, get to just share the gospel with you like that clearly and, and that plainly. I think that's some of the most powerful stuff that we get to do together is get to see that this isn't a group of people that, that um, is, is faking this. Like, like we're just showing up to do a thing because we're supposed to. Like we're a group of people that actually know him or trying to follow him or trusted our lives to him. We don't just know some facts about him. Um, this is a powerful thing. So. I feel kind of awkward right now because my little table that's normal here is, is not here. Oh, look, there's Austin. Everybody give Austin a broad round of applause for being incredible at everything. Dude, Mike, thanks, man. Um, if you don't, I don't know if you know this or not, but Austin really does an insane amount of stuff around here, and I'm super thankful for him. And this is partnership in the gospel, man. That dude's incredible. So um, if you have a copy of God's Word, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs today. Um, we're still in that series called Abundant, where we're talking about what it would look like for us not to live these, like, amped up, crazed, stressed out lives, but actually get to live in the abundance that, the, like, live the abundant life that Christ has said he was coming to make available to us, to... to so what that would mean is like every time that we talk about this, every one of this, the passages that we study in this are going to have to offer us this, honestly a radically different way to think about our lives and live our lives than, than what we normally do. And so this morning is going to be one of those, but it's also a passage that's really familiar to us. And so my prayer for you, if you've been around church for a while, is that as we study this passage that, that you have, like you're going to have to figure out how to like walk through this, this passage with new eyes. Like you're not gonna, you're gonna have to like do some work here and dig deep so that you can uh, let it work on your heart in a way that maybe it did in the past. But like, there's there's such truth in this. That's that's gonna be huge for you, and it's gonna call us to a radically different way to to approach um, just our days, our weeks, our years, and our our futures. All right. So how many of you just show of hands? Like how many of you consider yourself like a planner? You just I'm a planner. I've got like a, that 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 what's that girl's name? Something. Uh, Marie something, anyway, the, yeah, so you know, you got it, like, it's a color-coded thing, it's like three inches thick, you know, it's got tabs and stuff, and you're like, my entire life is here, if this burns, I will die, you know, like, those people, and some of you are, like, the digital planner people, and you've got, like, me, and every little block of time in your life is in there, and some of you are like, I'm not a planner, you're not a planner yet, because your life isn't hard enough, just wait, okay, so how many of you don't want to be a planner, but you have to be a planner, yeah, that's, okay, and the rest of you are liars. Okay, got it. All right, so that we, that's who we have to be. Like, we ha- we're, 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 we're put in these situations in our lives, like, really, like, like, the thrust of our life 
A lot of it is about thinking ahead to what's going to come. And so a lot of our present is spent preparing or thinking about or worrying over or having a conversation about what's going to happen. We don't often just get to just be there. A lot of times we're preparing for something else. If you're a college student, the whole reason you're a college student is preparing for something else. And so there's this angst in you sometime of like, well, what's it going to be? I'm not spending all this time and energy preparing for that. Well, what is that? I don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Am I a grown-up yet? Like, when, am I, when, do you, when are you a grown-up? Like, when does that happen? I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. When does that happen? Like, what do we do that? And if, then we get to be an adult, now you're like, you've got all kind of other stuff to stress about, right? Like, am I going to marry them or not them? You know, that's big. It's, or anybody, ever. Like, well, that would be, that, that's one. Or like, should I buy a house or should I not buy a house? Should I buy that car or this car? Like, what if, what if I, what, what, I, need, I need a job, just any job. Somebody give me a job. Okay, now I hate that job. I want a different job. Didn't like that job. Let's get a different one, better one. We'll kind of level up a little bit here. And what if I lose that job because I bought that house and now I've got to keep the job to keep the house because there's a husband and a wife in it. And like, okay. There's just all this stuff that you're preparing for and you're planning for to make sure that then it's going to be settled. And I'm, I'm a little bit further down the road than some of you in the room. And I hadn't found that point yet. And I still feel like a lot of my days, a lot of my time, a lot of my energy, a lot of my anxiousness, a lot of my worry is about then. But then when I come back to Scripture, I don't see a lot of times in Scripture where God's calling me to worry about then. He calls me to do something entirely different. I think all of us, man, we, we, we have all these things that we worry about in our futures, and it's enough for us to, like, crawl up in a little, little ball and just, like, hide from it for a minute. I think sometimes you want to do that, but then you would be stressed out about the things that you're not preparing for, and then it wouldn't be very functional. Like, are we supposed to be this concerned and this stressed out and this anxious about our futures? Is that the way that God intended it? Is that, is that what this abundant life that Christ made available, is, that, is this what we're supposed to be doing? Because when I look into the future, all I see, honestly, in my life is uncertainty. The more time I spend thinking about and, and focused on the future, then all I can see out there is uncertainty. And then I come back to the Bible, and when I, when I just find myself with the Lord, there's a difference there, a goodness there that I can't find in the future. When I come back to Scripture, I find hope, and I find peace. I find stability just in, in him, like something external to me. And like that's, there's something good about that, but it's so hard to cling to. So this morning as we're walking through this passage, I, I want us to see just a radically counterintuitive like approach to our futures. I want to suggest to you like this radically different way to, to address your future and like how to proceed and, and how to move forward in a way that is never, like it's completely opposite of what everybody tells us we're supposed to be doing. All right, so if you've got a Bible, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to be looking primarily at verses 7 and 8. All right? Proverbs chapter 3, primarily verses 7 and 8. And it says this. It says, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And it'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Like, I love the way that that's phrased. Like, just that deep, like, soul-level refreshment that a lot of us can't remember the last time we felt. Like, doesn't verse 8 give you a little hope? Like, doesn't that sound amazing? Like, healing to your flesh, refreshment to your bones. Like, that's available somehow, somewhere. Like, you don't have to be soul-level tired and stressed out and anxious all of the time. 
I think in a world like ours where everybody just seems to be falling apart under this, the, the stress of the grind, like verse eight almost sounds too good to be true. It sounds absolutely wonderful. So like we're, 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 if we're gonna get there, if we're gonna move towards like a verse eight side of situation, like if that was actually possible for you, then how do we actually do that? How do we get out of this cycle of stress? How do we get out of this cycle of worry and wait and striving? How do we do this? Well, we do it by living out this counterintuitive pattern that's found in verse seven. So let's like look really closely and really slowly at verse seven together. And maybe God will do a work in you this morning that brings you a little bit closer to verse eight. Fair? All right, so verse seven begins like this, says, be not wise in your own eyes. Be not wise in your own eyes. Listen, nobody knows you better than you, right? You know all the good, all the bad. You know your, your strengths and your weaknesses better than anyone. You may not fully know all of them, but like you, you've got a better picture of it than anybody else does, right? And you know that at least on the inside and maybe on the outside, you're kind of a mess, right? Like at least on the inside, you know better than anybody the mess that's going on inside of you. Like you don't have it together. You may look like you have it together. You may look very cute this morning, but you don't have it together, right? Like on the inside, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you're doing any better than anybody else does, right? Like when I was, when I was like 15 or so, it's the peak of wisdom in life, by the way. Um, and when I was 15 or so, I determined that I was going to be a doctor. Like I, I, I figured this out. I'm going to just, I'm going to write it in stone here. This is going to happen. You can see I'm not a doctor. Um, so something has transpired since then, right? Like I decided I just, I wanted to do this. I wanted to make a lot of money. I had this plan. And, and sometime freshman year of college, I had this horrifying thought because I'd started walking with the Lord and I'd started trying to follow him and try to live in submission to the Lord, not just my own will and way. And I'd, but I'd started pre-med at Bama. I'm doing the whole thing. And I'm like, had this horrifying thought one day. I'm like, wait a minute, did I actually con- like consult the Lord on this at all? No, hard pass. Like definitely did not. Like God had nothing to do with, with my future plans. I had just decided. Like apart from him, like, like, like that whole grace and like whole thing on the cross and like rising, that's awesome, man. But like when it comes to my future, this is mine. I'm gonna do what I wanna do because I'm wise in my own eyes. I can figure this out. I can look ahead and I can see what, what future I want for myself and I'm gonna actualize that. I'm gonna bring that to be. I can do this. And the, this whole like spiritual life, like walking with Jesus thing, that's great for that side of things. When it comes to my future, I'm not letting you have that. Like listen, if you know you better than anybody else and you know the mess that's going on inside of you better than anybody else, do you really think that you are the best person to plan out your future? Think about that. Like if you, like you don't, you don't know what you're going to do for lunch, you know, like you and your, like you and some people are going to get together. I'm like, I don't know where you guys want to eat and you're not going to be able to figure it out. So you're going to go to like Zoe's or something like, because that's just where you have to go because that's what our lives are like. I don't know. Like that's just, you can't figure that kind of stuff out. How are you going to figure future out? Are you really the best? Are you really qualified and capable? Are you, the, are you the most qualified person to, to like plan out the future of a life? I'm not. Listen, like, I will, we'll, we'll check you. Does the person next to you think you're qualified and capable to plan their life? Absolutely not, right? Like, they don't get to speak into that. I mean, let's say your spouse, and then they have. Like, it's fine. But, like, um, like you, don't, you don't get to, you don't, you don't, they don't, 
you don't trust them, and they don't trust you, so why, why do you trust you so much? You ever think about that? Like, if, if knowing what I know about myself, why do I trust me so much? Because I know that I am kind of a mess. But somehow we all have this glitch in us where we, like, forget all the time. We forget that we don't really know what's going on. We don't really know what we're doing. We're just trying our best and getting through the day, and we forget that. And then all of a sudden this, this pride starts welling us up in, up in us that, we start believing that, that we possess wisdom far beyond our years, far beyond the scope of our lives. Like, we can figure this out. When it comes to those job difficulties and those marriage problems and those problems with your kids, we're like, I don't know, like, I'm going to figure this out. Me and my infinite wisdom are going to handle it. When you're a college student, you're like, okay, I'm, when I was graduating high school and I picked a major and I'm like 18 years old and somebody said, hey, it's time for you to plan the rest of your life out. You're like, okay, I got it. I can handle that. No, you can't. Like, we, we, we forget that we're not the people that should be entrusted with our futures. So the undercurrent here is that often we live our lives um, demonstrating that it, even if it's not something we would, like, consciously say, we live our lives, like, like demonstrating a foundational belief that we're wiser than God. We accidentally, a lot of us, uh, we, we end up living our lives in ways that, that demonstrate that we, we think we're wiser than the Lord. No, you don't. If you don't agree with me, like, are you, are, if you're a college, like, or if you're dating, do you, do you, are you really consulting the Lord about who you should be in a relationship with and holding that up before him and trusting him, like, in his, his word for, like, who you're going to be in a relationship with? Or is it just on you? Well, for a lot of us, it's just on us. It's like, great, I don't really care what God has to say about that. They're really cute and they like me, and that's my entire qualification list, so great. Or how you should spend your money. Is that, is that something that God gets to speak into, like his word gets to dictate, and like, like you get to live in submission to the way that he's called us to use our, our resources, or do you just get to do with it what you want? Because most of us, we just do what we want. Because we're living in our lives and our ways, like we're demonstrating that we think we're wiser than him. And our career path, whether you're at the beginning of that thing or you're halfway through or at the end of this and our careers, like for a lot of us, that's one of these main strongholds. We're like, okay, faith is faith and then like career is career and I'm gonna, I'm gonna set the pace here. And if I grind hard enough, I'm gonna hit these promotions. I'm gonna hit these levels. I'm gonna hit these income plateaus that I wanna hit. I'm gonna make this happen. Is the word of God speaking into that? Is, is the spirit of God informing that and directing that or is that just on you? A lot of times, accidentally, I don't think necessarily it's like an intentional choice for a lot of believers in the room, but like a lot of times we live like we're wiser than the Lord. When the people ask me that like question, that, that, that people ask that question all the time, they're asking it less because I guess I'm, I don't know why, but they're like, what's your, what's your five-year plan? I don't know. Because like I don't think I'm the best person to plan that out. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to be faithful, but like, I don't know what's going to happen in five years. Five years ago, if you told me I'd planted a church in Tuscaloosa, I would have laughed like a long time. One of those like awkward times where everybody else has stopped laughing and you're still laughing. It would have been one of those kind of deals. Like I swore, like I would like never be in Tuscaloosa. There's like no conceivable way we'd ever get to live in Tuscaloosa. There's no, there's no way it's going to happen. I said, I never planned church. Like there's an absolute, I'm, I'm too old. I'm out. I'm like, I got three kids now and a mortgage. Like I'm not planting churches. I'm not mm, doing this. No. 
Well, I'm doing both of the things, right? And like, I just keep meeting people all the time who like, like, I said, I'd never do this. And that's the exact thing I'm doing. I'm like, is God like listening? And he's like, okay, you said no. Great. Here you go. Like, I mean, is, is that, that's, what's your five-year plan? Who planned that out? Well, you did. I don't think our five, next five days should be fully dictated by us either. There's just great freedom in these first few words of this verse. Be not wise in your own eyes. There's just great freedom in reminding yourself that you don't have it all together. And then there's this infinite, holy, perfect, all-knowing God who does have it all together. And who loves you perfectly. And has invited you into a relationship with him where you get to lean back and trust him. And you don't have to be wise in your own eyes anymore because you're not holding the bag for all of life anymore. There's a goodness and a freedom in that. In fact, like in the previous two verses, it promises this for us in our our directive, our, our lives. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on your own understanding. If, if, if in all of your ways you'll acknowledge him, he will make straight your paths. How do you do this? How do you trust the Lord? Like, well, you just trust the Lord by not trusting in your own understanding. That's, that's kind of how they work. Be not wise in your own eyes means trusting him, not you. Trusting him a lot more, trusting yourself a lot less. It's practically how that would work out. When is he able to make straight paths out of your life instead of this bird's nest that you made? Like when is he able to make straight paths? When he's the one making the path, right? When he's the one that's making the path instead of you out in front of him, being wise in your own eyes, planning your own steps. So be not wise in your own eyes. All right, so if I'm not wise in my own eyes, where's my wisdom going to come from? That's kind of obvious, right? It's from the word of God. If I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes, I'm going to set down my own wisdom. I'm going to set down my self-sufficiency and I'm going to take up something else. And what are you, what are you going to take up? It's, God, it's just the word of God. Like think about the way that Jesus lived his life. Like the way that Jesus lived his life, like the man was constantly just quoting and applying scripture. Most of what Jesus' ministry was, was quoting and then applying scripture. Almost 10% of the recorded words that we have of Jesus Almost 10% of, of what we have of Jesus' recorded words in Scripture was Scripture. And then a lot of, like, almost the rest of it is him just helping us figure out how to walk that out. Like, Jesus' life and ministry was founded on the Word of God and pouring that into people and helping them figure out how to walk it out. That's what, his, that, that's what he did. And so when it comes to, like, us not being wise in our own eyes, what are we going to be wise in? It comes from the Word of God. That presents a problem for a lot of us. That presents a problem for a lot of us because if, if the thing that this passage is calling us to and if the solution to that stress and anxiety and that worry that we live our lives with, if the solution is being not wise in our own eyes but instead trusting and living by the word of God, that presents a problem for a lot of us because we don't know it. We don't know it deeply. We haven't like, a, like availed ourselves. We, can't, like, we haven't, can't, can't lean on it fully if you don't know it deeply, Right? So then we find ourselves in this like, pivotal question then, if, if, that's, if that's where our solution is gonna be found, like the difference between being wise in our own eyes and being wise through the word of God, then there comes this question of, do you want to escape this ridiculous pattern of life that all of us find ourselves in enough to know the word deeply? Are you tired enough of that other kind of life when all of the anxiousness and worry that comes with it to sit down and spend some time internalizing the word of God? 
Are you tired enough of that to sit down with this? Listen, you, you, can't, you can't follow God. You can't rest in him and trust him. You can't, you can't know and follow him and not care what he said. Does that make sense? Like you can't, you can't say like, I, I want to I trust the Lord, I want to follow the Lord, I want to I I live like the Lord's plan for my life and then just not care what he said to you. That's my question for you is like, do you know the book? Do you know the book better this year than you did last year? Like are, are, you, are you spending time with this thing consistently or is it something that just like decorates the back, back seat of your car? Like do you know the, the, the word? Like my, my, my buddy Adam's a doctor. Uh, and so, like, he actually did the doctor thing. Like, he pulled it off. Okay, I did not. I'm here doing this with you guys. Um, but, like, he feels like God called him to be a doctor, and so he's walking that out. And so, a few weeks ago, like, August, or October 4th, he had this ridiculously huge test that he, I don't know what it is because I'm not smart enough, but, like, he said it, like, determined the rest of his career path. And so the dude, like, sat down with all these materials, and I'd go to Heritage House, like the one across the river, you know, and it's got that weird, creepy back room by the men's restroom where every time you walk to the men's restroom, like, you're, like, startled because there's somebody in there. That was Adam every day. That was him, okay? And so he'd get off work, and he'd go sit in that weird, creepy room in Heritage House, and he'd have all of his stuff laid out on this table, and he's just absorbing it for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And he's like, the rest of my life depends on this. Like, I got to know this. I have to know everything. I have to know all of it. That was, that was remarkable to me. Like, I haven't studied like that literally ever. I mean, I just, that's not who I am. Man. That's not, but he's like, the rest of my life depends on this. I'm going to know the thing. And I'm like, ooh, how was my time in the Word this morning? Right? If the rest of my life and the rest of my, like, my eternity rests on what's found in the Word of God, like, I think I should be out studying Adam. I think I should have that like written on like the 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 fabric of my soul. Like I, I should know this deeply. Listen, if the Bible is literally God's holy word, if it, it says that it's everything that we need for life and godliness, then how much more should we be pouring ourselves into it? Listen, I don't want to get in your business too much, but like is it is a verse a day sufficient? Like the U version app, it's like, hey, here's your verse for the day. It's like nine words. It's going to take you the rest of eternity to get through the Bible. Congratulations. Like, is that, is that availing yourself of the word? Is that like pouring yourself in the word of God, like trusting in him, knowing what he's said? Right, what about five minutes? Is five minutes a day with the text, like studying it and thinking it through, is that, is that sufficient for your life and your eternity? I'm not trying to bust on you for like not spending time with the Lord. I'm, I'm trying to point out the fact that one of the reasons that we live our lives this way and feel this way and have nothing to trust in but ourselves is because we just, we don't know the word. And that's just one of these pivotal things. Like if we would spend more time with the word, if we would avail ourselves of it, lean into it and trust, like learn what it has to say for us and try to live our lives by it. Like I think a lot of that stuff would fall away from us. And so for you, like, if, if you don't know the word deeply, like, you, you know yourself better than anybody. If you don't know the word deeply, like, I want, I, I, my, my challenge to you is just to read it slowly and intentionally. Do the work, like, journal through this thing, like, figure out what's, that's why we do huddles the way we do. Like, I get in trouble sometimes when people that, um, from other things, they're like, hey, what's your, what's your curriculum for discipleship? Like, what do you, like, what is this, what is, like, it's a book you make them read? Like, like, what do you, when you're doing huddles and stuff, like, what are you, what's the, what's the curriculum? And I was like, I, we just read the Bible. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, it's a pretty solid book. I, I feel good about it. I don't. 
I don't know. I feel like until we know that one, like, I, I don't know what else. There's a lot of incredible books that have changed my life, but if I'm reading a lot of incredible books that will change my life and I don't read the book that has changed my life, then like, what am I doing, right? And so like, we don't have an additional curriculum. Like our discipleship process is literally helping people to spend time with the word of God and figure out how to walk that out. Are you doing that? Listen, Proverbs 1, this is what it says about wisdom found in the word of God. This is how wisdom describes itself. It says, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy street, she's just crying out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. How long, oh simple ones, will you just love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffering and fools hate knowledge? It's like, if you'll just turn at my reproof, behold, I'll pour out my spirit to you. I'll make my words known to you. The wisdom of God is not running from you. It is not a mystery to be like, like it, it, it's, it's here. He's given it to you. Like just, we just have to stop and just spend time in the word. And one of the primary ways that we can do that is being not wise in our own eyes, trusting yourself, trusting the Lord more, is just spending time with the word of God to know it deeply. So my, 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 my step on your toe question is this. Does your time in the word in the Bible, does your time in the word indicate that you're trusting yourself or trusting in the Lord? Did I get your toes? Does your time in the word right now, does it indicate that you're trusting in yourself or trusting in him? And then what are you going to do about that? The second part of this passage, he says, be not wise in your own eyes. And he says, fear the Lord. That's not a phrase that many of us use very much. Like fear here doesn't mean like be afraid, but it kind of does a little bit. It means like to revere and honor and like show the deepest respect for whatever it is that you're fearing. Right? So it says fear the Lord. It's a, it's a reverence and honor, a just deep and abiding respect. All right, so we're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, right? There, we know who the most revered and respected human being in our city is, Right? We're no, none of us have any questions about that. Like, we, it's Saban, all right? It's just Saban. It's cool. We're all fine with it, okay? Like, here's the person that's honored. He's got a statue. Like, he's just, I don't have a statue. Like, I, I mean, you know, it's like it's, that's, that's who it is. So in Tuscaloosa, nobody's revered more than Nick Saban. So he owns some land um, that goes down to Lake Tuscaloosa and, like, bought, like, all these lots. And it's like he's got, like, a dirt trail on it, you know? And so we used to go out there and just because... Why not? And so we used to go out there and we'd go running and we'd take our dogs out there and go walk and stuff and kind of hang out. Treated it kind of like a park, even though it's like Sabin's. But like, hang on, no, right? One day my brother-in-law, Justin, was out there and uh, he was out there walking, just taking, you know, just enjoying some time out in the woods down by the lake. And he hears um, one of those uh, like John Deere gators kind of coming, you know, it's got that like rumble, that like a tractor sound. And so he's walking up the trail and you'd pass people out there periodically. And, and so this, this gator like comes around this, this hill from the tree line and, and like stops. And Justin's walking up this hill and he's looking up the hill at the, at the gator, looks through the windshield and it's Sabin. And they just stopped and just stared at each other, right? Justin with this look of, right? And Sabin's like, mm, you know, he didn't say a word. He sat there and just like stared down Justin for like 20 seconds. Just put it in reverse, turned around, and just left. We ain't ever been out there since. I'm not going out there. This is terrifying. Like, like, there's, because it's Saban. I'm not going to cross that guy. I mean, I don't know what would happen. Like the feds, like helicopter you out of there. I don't know, man. I'm, just, I'm not going to try it. I'm not, like, there's, there's a reverence there. Like I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Listen, 
fearing God is not primarily being afraid of God, but a little bit, all right? Like there's a, fearing the Lord means holding him in such high esteem, with such respect, that you live your life his way instead of yours. Holding the Lord in such, such esteem, such respect, that I'm gonna live my life his way instead of my way. That you basically, that you end up obeying him instead of yourself. So, if this is what we're called to do, and it says, now be not wise in my own eyes, I figured that out, all right? And so if it says, fear the Lord, that basically means I'm gonna live my life in submission to him. So what do, you, what do you need to do? How do you know what he wants you to do? You ever wonder that? Like, how do you know what he wants you to do? Listen, I get this a lot. I have a lot, I have this conversation just over and over again with different people, and there's always a different slant on it, but the bottom line is this, like, he's not hiding it. He's not hiding it. He's not, he's given you his word. He's given you the spirit. But here's the problem. I think a lot of times um, when we want to, when we talk about wanting to know what God wants us to do, we don't mean with the fullness of our lives, like, like who we are as a person. What we mean is we want him to give us specific directions. We want him to answer a very minute, simple question. Do I do this or do I do this? I've narrowed down my options to this. I've got a path planned out. I need to make sure that I don't take a wrong fork so I can get to where I want to be. So Lord, if you will give me the direction for my life in this tiny, narrow scope that I'm asking for it, that will be wonderful. And when he doesn't play our game, when he doesn't honor your plan and speak into your tiny, like minuscule question that you have, we're frustrated. My God won't tell me what to do. Well, he's told you who to be, but he might not have answered that tiny directional question in your life. But he's told you who to be. He's told you the direction, like the thrust of your life, the full direction. He's answered that question. He's answered it clearly in the word. But sometimes when we mean, like, I, what, why won't he tell me what to do? Well, I don't think he's interested in answering that question sometimes. I don't think God's, like, sitting around. He's like the guy at the gas station that you walk in and you're like, hey, which way is this? And he's like, oh, okay, you need to turn left. Sorry, you just go about your business. I don't think he's interested in having that role in our life. Fearing the Lord means like living the entirety of our lives in reverent submission, not planning our own way on our own path and just asking him to bless it, asking him to tidy up the details to what we've already planned out. So question, whose plan for your life are you following? The things that you're stressed out about, the things that you're looking ahead to, like whose plan for your life are you actually following? Whose plan for who you are are you following? Because I know for me, and a lot of times, I'm following me. And then that anxiousness wells up, and that stress wells up, and that fear wells up, because I'm, I'm in charge once again. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And the last thing he says this is turn away from evil. And almost like is a further expounding of how to do the opposite of number one, of how to, how to be not wise in your own eyes. Like when you're doing what's wise in your own eyes, it's going to lead to sin. And the sin it's going to lead to is that sin of pride. And it's this, this sneaky one, man, that, that creeps up on you and you don't realize it's coming, but then it, it wraps its, its, its arms around your heart. That sin of pride is a huge deal for me. Maybe it's a huge deal for some of you as well. And it's something that we're called to consistently fight against. So when it says turn away from evil, it's, it's, it's talking about directly in response to this idea of being not wise in our own eyes and fearing the Lord. And it's saying don't do the opposite. Like turn away from the sin of pride in your life that's keeping you away from what God's invited you into. I think... Probably every one of us, like if you, if you were to, had enough time to stop and think deeply, we'd be able to see the marks of pride in our lives. 
pride, like when we plan our own ways, plan when we think that we're wiser, when we think that we've got enough in us to plan our steps. All of that's pride. That's the sin that it's calling us out of. I don't know for me, like when I'm thinking this week about the things that I'm all stressed out, the things I'm worried about, when I think about our church and how that's gonna be in three to five years, when I think about my kids and what they're gonna be like in high school, a lot of pride wells up in me when I start figuring out how I'm gonna bring about my plan. And that's sin. I don't know how that looks in your life. I don't know how that's walking out for you. But the invitation there at the end of this passage is just to turn away from the sin that's keeping you in that old, stressed out, anxious way of life. To step back away from trusting in yourself, to fall back and trust the Lord and his word. It's kind of that simple. I need simple solutions in my life. I need, I need simple solutions. I don't need like complex ideas. And this, that's why I brought us back to this one passage. Like when in facing all of the turmoil and all of the stress and the strain about your future, what if it was just as simple as being not wise in your own eyes? Fearing the Lord and living in submission to what he's called you to do instead of yourself. Turn away from that sin of pride and just trusting that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. He's gonna see you through. What if it was that simple? This morning, if you're a Christian, our band's, our band's gonna come. They're gonna lead us in time to respond. But listen, if you're a Christian, I need you to hear this. You're not meant to carry the weight of the rest of your life. You weren't able to carry the weight of your sin and you need a savior to step in, right? You're not meant to carry the weight of the future either. So just like you needed to be rescued from your sin in the past when you became a Christian, you need, the, you need the Savior to save you from that sin of pride that walks you out in the future as well. And so maybe this morning, there's just a couple of questions that, that you would, you'd be honest enough to answer. How's your time in the Lord? How's your time with the Lord going? Like if, 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 if wisdom is actually found in Scripture, like how's your time in the Word? And what are you going to do about that? And the second one is whose who's plan for your life have you actually been trusting? Listen, if you're not a Christian yet, just like the rest of you, less like you're trusting in yourself. Like you came in here trusting in yourself for your life, but also for your eternity. And I, I just, I, you're not built to carry that weight. You're not able to do it. Christians in the room, like those of us who have, have trusted Christ, we're not the people who have cleaned ourselves up and fixed all of our sin. We're the people who figured out that we were so messed up that we needed to be saved from it. Like we couldn't clean ourselves up. Like we couldn't, we weren't sufficient for that. We're not sufficient for what comes ahead either. And so if you are feeling that weight, that burden, that strain in your heart, my invitation to you is just to put your trust in Christ instead of yourself. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Turn away from that old way of life and just put your faith and trust in Jesus. Our band's gonna lead us in a time of response. And as they do, there's gonna be some people back there against the curtain. They're our prayer team. They're people that are just wanna be there to be able to pray for you and just talk with you and just have a conversation about whatever it is that you need. So if you wanna go back and just say, walk, say, walk back there and say with one of them like, hey, I, I'm gonna be honest, I've been following my own plan for a long time. I don't even necessarily know what to do. Would you pray for me? Maybe you wanna go back and say like, look, my, my time in the word is dry. Like I just can't figure out how to get anything out of it. Like, would you just pray for me in that? I will. If you want to say, hey, look, I'm, I came in this room. I'm not a Christian. I've got questions or whatever, but like, I'm just, I'm anxious. I'm burdened. I'm stressed out. Would you just pray for me? They would love to just pray with you. They're, gonna, they're not going to force anything on you. They just want to be there for you. I'm going to be over here on the front if I can help as well. But as our band leads, my, 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 my invitation for all of us is to evaluate who we've been following and what we're going to do in light of that. Let me pray for you. Father, um, I know for me, this is hard. 
God, I don't know why. I don't know why it's so hard to trust you with the future. I've trusted you with my, my life. I've trusted you with my eternity. I've trusted you with my sin. For some reason, the, the future is one that just I keep grabbing a hold of, and I think a lot of us do. And so, Lord, we confess that for a lot of us in the room, um, we're stressed out and we're anxious. We're worried over things we have no control of. That accidentally we lived our lives and lived our day in a way that says that we know better than you. And Lord, we know we don't. And so God, help us to lay those things down. Help us to trust in you a whole lot more and trust in us a whole lot less. We need you. We can't do this life without you. I pray for my friends in the room who aren't Christians yet, they haven't trusted you as their savior yet. And God, they're trying to do all this on their own. They're trying to handle their failures, handle their weakness. And they know they don't have it in them. God, I pray that instead of trusting in themselves this morning, they would turn their trust and their faith to you. Move us one step closer to you. Sir, sons, I pray. Amen.